Oh yeah, Michelle's put it away. <laughs> Michelle's put our musical instrument away, so we can't do it. All right, there's a guitar. Oh yeah, okay. Hello and welcome to Alan and Gary's Two Bearded Men podcast. We're just frantically looking around for a musical instrument, so we can do an intro over to Gary. And the least said about that, the better. <laughs> okay, the format of this podcast is we both go away, pick some subjects that take our fancy, do, well, copy and paste some research, which is what I do, and then we we'll come and we we'll discuss it. So without further ado, over to Gary. Thank you very much. <coughs> so um, today we're looking at um, the UK plan to put electrical car chargers in all new houses. What a good idea. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> obviously, this is something that they're trying to push to keep uh, the carbon uh, footprint down or be carbon neutral as they uh, plan to be carbon neutral by 2050. So are these, are these going to be the uh, high voltage ones, so the f rapid charging systems? I think they would have to be, otherwise everybody would get pretty fed up. Yeah, they would. Yeah, because you could just plug it into a three-pronged. Three or UK plug, couldn't you? Yeah. Or wherever you're from. Um, <clears throat> they are, I've noticed that charging points, when you see them in the... Um, when you go for petrol, you get the charging points as well here and there, and uh, they are yeah, fast the, charging. Yeah, there's one of them, I actually... What was it? It was uh, Amy's daughter's birthday. She was one. We went to the Bridge of Dawn not Bridgerton, I can't remember, some community centre uh, near Bridgerton, probably in Bridgerton, I think I'm waffling, uh, <laughs> and they had charging centres there, but unfortunately what I noticed when you got there was people were just using it as a car parking space and not charging the yeah. car, so I can see fights coming from this. It, it will I be. See road rage. <laughs> just like a lot of uh, car yeah. issues, parking yeah. and all such if uh, nobody can find anywhere, or if they just took them, oh, there's one best one I ever saw. There's charging points uh, on the car park at Marks and Spencer's in Inverurie, right? Not on the Marks and Spencer bit, but on the free bit, right? Yeah, and there's two ch charging points, and there was a car parked on it. And the guy came up, he parked. So I actually watched him park, he parked, and he parked right across two lanes. <laughs> yeah, so he took both of them. And when he got out, he was the ticket inspector for the car parks walking around oh, for giving people goodness. tickets. Yeah. Then he went and plugged it in. So he took two parking spaces and then went and gave all of people tickets. So Aberdeenshire Council, fail. Yeah. So so this is a new legislation. It was announced last year uh, for the UK. So just into new houses? Yes, in brand new houses. Um, I mean... There probably is, or there will be, and I'm just reading my notes now just to see, but uh, further down, if you install uh, one in your house, you can get a grant for up to £500 from the government. Do you know, I desperately, desperately want an electric car uh, for quite a few reasons. Uh, one, obviously cost. Well, also it's cost what's stopping me getting an electric car because they cost too much. Uh, to cost yeah. actually running costs uh like petrol it's just unsustainable burning fossil fuels we should be saving all that stuff 
I'd rather that they actually burn that oil in a petrol st in petrol station in a power station, petrol station. Oh, <laughs> well, what gets me? Just like every kind of product that they bring on the market, they're obviously thinking, okay, well, whoever buys these are going to save X amount every year, so we'll just slap that yeah. on the well. I, price I, of the I know the electric cars are taking off because the government's cut its subsidy on buying one, so you do now you don't get your three thousand pound off your, your cost. So that takes you... I was actually looking at the Kia Nero's. I'm really impressed by them. I'd love to have one of them because it, it comes in three variants. You've got a hybrid, a plug-in hybrid, and a full electric. Obviously, your hybrid is just like your Toyota Prius. Where mm -hmm. I don't understand hybrids, to be quite honest. I don't see the point in them. No. Uh, not the mileage I do because it, it'll be on petrol engine all the time. And now, the plug-in hybrids, yeah, I could see that but one thing puts me off is you get about 30 miles on your battery and then your engine kicks in yeah. so great you've no range anxiety or anything like that but 30 miles isn't enough for me to commute so i'll still be using petrol so i'll be yeah, quite reduced it'd be reduced but i mean i do 40 miles so you're getting 30 miles which i reckon in real use is probably 20 miles yeah especially in winter when everything's on yeah. So it could you feel really down by fifty yeah, yeah. Could you feel down by fifty percent like but the only alternative obviously be able to charge it up at work and then yeah, and then I I would definitely consider one. But I do put I, I do want to go full electric because I like some of the advantages. No engine, no gearbox, yeah. you know. So mechanically there's less to go wrong. Yeah. Obviously you've still got all the rolling chassis and stuff like that, which is subject to your MOT and stuff. But yeah, I really, really want an electric car. Um, and it's not only for money saving schemes. I just think that's the way we should go. It should be the future, you know. And I'm really disappointed at the range you get. Yeah, well, they're improving that all the time, aren't they? So, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think the best ones I'm seeing, apart from the Tesla, we're not talking about the Tesla because I haven't got £90,000 to buy an electric <laughs> car. But the other ones are about 5000 most. Like the Kia Nero, it's £5,000 more expensive to have a full electric car as compared to the to the plug-in hybrid. Now, I don't understand that because there's batteries in hybrid as well. Obviously, it's the scale of the batteries. Well, now you'll get, well, they claim 260 miles. So if you can get 200 miles out of that, that's enough for me. I can commute for two or three days mm. on that. And you'd be plug, plugging it in every night, wouldn't you? So, yeah. you know, and even off your old, your old mains three-point plug thing, you'd still, three-point plug, your 13-amp plug, <laughs> you'd still uh, be able to get back up to full charge again by the morning. Mm. You know, I wouldn't like to take it from zero to full charge on on the ordinary British mains, the 220-volt yeah. mains, 13-amp plug at the hours. <laughs> And you try and try and uh, you buy yourself a windmill for charge it up. Forget it. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> and then uh, just as they start developing all this, they'll bring some other method out and be like, "Oh, scrap all that." <laughs> yeah, it'll all be wireless. There's wireless charging. You should have wireless. They should go full tech now. Instead of having a charging thing in your in your garage, in your garage, well, in all new houses, you put wireless charging in all new houses. So all you do is you drive over it. Yeah, because yeah. wireless charging technology is there. Well, they've developed uh, slightly off this, but on the same vein, they've developed a brick, which they can uh, 
put down onto the road, it generates electricity and it can wirelessly charge electric cars or electric vehicles as they're moving. As they're moving. <clears throat> now that technology is, uh, and this was, oh, I read that months and months, maybe a year ago. Yeah, you're not, you're not going to go, it, it's probably a good way of uh, extending your range, but you're obviously not going to get more energy out of it than you put into it, because uh, that's not possible, as we know, physics. But it, but it, it, it generates. Regeneration. Yeah, yeah so it's an energy recovery system, isn't it? Yeah. Think about it. It's like when they recover, when they're breaking, stuff like that. So, yeah, it's, I mean, they put enough, uh, uh, what do you call it, research into re uh, braking technology, don't they? Mm. Yeah. yeah, it'd be nice uh, if they could develop this so that you didn't have to plug in your car every time you went home or uh, to your destination or whatever, or halfway through your destination. Yeah. Because that's, that's what you were looking at to begin with when electric cars first came out. Yeah. So it is a step. Step forward until Tesla came in, and then yeah. we've got a car while do 600 miles, a thousand kilometers. Well, it does that, and it accelerates at 16.9 seconds as well. But we're not talking about that. <laughs> so, uh, just to finish off on that, really, the um, the change in the system of uh, or at least one company, and I thought I'd written this down somewhere, but I don't know, like I have, uh, making it so that uh, you can make a one off payment at the station instead of subscribing to different companies. So I presume at the moment you have to subscribe to whatever energy provider yeah, uh, yeah. station uh, there is. Uh, but now they're trying to change that so you can use any station and you're just making one payment, which makes more sense and messing about, trying to find, oh, well, there's, there's five stations, but I can only use two of them and I've got to travel X amount of miles to get yeah. to that. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah so. but it's not something I'd actually thought about, actually. I just had to assume you could use them all. Well, there you go. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> right, okay, my subject is... I've forgotten how you pronounce that word again now. Uh, basically talking about life in space. Yeah, yes. that's quite popular at the moment. Yeah, life it? in space. Well, there are actually... There is life in space. There's life on the moon, apparently. Tardigrades, also known as water birds, uh, are considered like the top, one of the toughest animals on Earth. But now they may hold the title of the tough, toughest animal not on Earth, thanks to an accident in space. Yeah, I was going to say, they the crash-landed. Yeah, an Israeli. Israeli, was an it. Israeli spacecraft crash-landed on the moon in April. Uh, and the, the mission was deemed a failure, but the new uh, Arch Mission Foundation, the organisation behind the rocket launch, has said it may left more than mere wreckage behind. Uh, the spacecraft was carrying a cargo of... <laughs> do you want to say it? Tardigrades. <laughs> Tardigrades, uh, which have been dehydrated, placed in suspension, suspended ammunition, and then uh, encased in artificial amber, reports the BBC. Yeah. Uh, that means that chances of survival of them are extremely high, according to the mission's boss. How do they get out of the amber, though? Yeah, I never, I should have read that bit before. <laughs> I just assumed that, that there was an accident and... Oh, Someone might have naturally. Here we go. Tardigrades are tiny creatures that are less than a millimetre long and can survive being dehydrated for decades. Mm. When dried out, says the BBC, that's you know where my source is now, right. uh, tardigrades retract their heads and their eight legs, 
shrivel into a tiny ball and enter a deep state of suspended animation that closely resembles death. But when water is reintroduced, they come back to life, uh, feeding and re reproducing as normal. Uh, the key reason uh, they are considered among the hardiest animals on the earth uh, and were selected by the Mission Foundation to go journey into space. So they actually deliberately took them into space and we, we may now have life on the moon. We, yeah, we may have life on the moon. We may have infested the moon. Yeah, so future missions will have to be like, oh, watch out for the tardigrades. Well, especially when they grow <laughs> really big. You know, yeah. you've seen that, uh, what's that uh, that film, that game where they all come attacking you and they're just big bugs from, from space and we have Star Trooper, Starship Trooper. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so there we go. We've planted them. So uh, future generations are going to attack by moon people. <laughs> moon tardigrade. I think it's irresponsible, man, to be quite honest. Why have they introduced or tried to introduce a species onto another planet? Well, I suppose there's been a lot of experiments that we don't really know about. This came to light just because of the incident. I hope it was an unmanned uh, vehicle, like they. Uh, uh, well, yeah, obviously. Because <laughs> yeah. it crashed. Yeah. Uh, so well, if, made... if, it was, if it wasn't unmanned, it was when it finished. So I wouldn't like to be on the next mission. Oh, yes, yes, we, we got our calculations wrong last time, but no, we've got it fine, fine. Just <laughs> board that vehicle and we'll land it, no problem. Like, no way. Uh, they say it's, it, it, it's likely that the water birds are currently setting up home on the lunar surface. So how do they know? How are they able to keep track on the... Is it a big telescope? Uh, well, scientists say they will, <laughs> will remain in dominant, dominant, dormant, dormant state. I think my, <laughs> I was watching a program before, uh, talk about what basically border force, and they actually pulled this guy over. This is where I've got why I'm going to say dom, dominant, dominant, uh, and they opened his suitcase and they had all the bondage gear in it, and they said, <laughs> "What are you using that for?" And well. Added. <laughs> if you don't know that, you shouldn't be asking. Well, that was my subject. We're basic. Well, anyway, no, it's not my end of my subject because uh, they're taking going to great lengths for when they go to the Mars not to introduce right. uh, anything there, and it, quite rightly so as well because it could um, contaminate their experiment of finding life. Yeah, well, it's not only that; not only contaminate it, it it's irresponsible. That's bad enough putting man on it and start drilling for oil or whatever they're going to do. Yeah. But, uh, you know, start introducing foreign species, it's not, not really good. I mean, we put our astronauts, we used to put our astronauts through quarantine for that reason when they came back. Mm. Well, you can't bring anything back. Try and get in Australia with an apple. <laughs> you know, they won't let you in, but yeah. we've got them put stuff on another planet. But I would imagine there is, uh, and I think it's, it is documented that... Uh, you get space debris that falls to Earth that probably at some point introduced life of some description anyway, at some point. Yeah. We've just not identified what, which... Yeah, the reckon that, Well, that's where all, all water came from on Earth, isn't it? From space, yeah. crashing into the Earth. Just the right amount, apparently. Yeah. Any more would <laughs> have sunk. What a coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> Any more would have sunk. Any less would have been thirsty. <laughs> okay, so that's my... my uh, Take on that one on Tardigrades. I'll never ever remember that name. And I don't really care because you know what? 
<laughs> I had to Google that now, that tardigrade. I mean, it's not difficult to say, but when you look at it, you thought, well, how do you pronounce that? And I actually had to Google, Google pronounce it for me. <laughs> I still can't remember. How sad's that? <laughs> anyway, that's my subject. So we'll end the podcast there. So it's a goodbye from me, Alan. And a goodbye from me, Gary. Bye. Bye.